0: Welcome to Candy Bar Antler Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth with the one and only IRCB regular, Danny. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Every week, we'll be discussing one episode of the TV series and chatting about the comic of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Let's get into the show. Danny, I'm so excited. We're back. Episode three, I guess season two, episode three. Uh, episode 11, chicken or egg, 50 minutes long, 29 seconds. I don't know why I feel the urge to keep that in our show, but it's a thing. Um, I guess before we get into our discussion, this is spoilers for episode 11 of Sweet Tooth, season 2, episode 3. If you haven't watched it, press pause, go watch it, come back, listen to our discussion. Danny, how are you feeling after episode 11 today?
1: Uh, Mike, I I really like this one. Um, I think the last episode we talked about left us a little bit wanting. Uh, but I feel th- I feel a lot better about this one. I think the season overall is, is kind of ramping up still. Uh, but at least this one gives us a little bit more insight into some of the, some of the past, um, mm-hmm. while trying to move. And I do say trying to move some of these storylines forward, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get okay. into all that. Yeah. I was going
0: to say, I feel like you and I have interestingly different vibes about this episode, but. Let me give a quick summary for those of you at home who don't remember the episode. This episode has a couple of threads. This season seems to be like, hey, let's just move as many threads along their chain as, as much as possible um, and, and throw you back and forth between them. But um, in this episode, we had Gus and Singh investigating Fort Smith to find an where they found an alligator hybrid kid who named his name was Peter, which is we'll get into it. Um, and that ends with them discovering Birdie, a.k.a. Gertrude Miller's work. Uh, With chickens and the reveal of Gus's debut on the world. Uh, Jeff and Amy head to a factory, head to a town called Factory Town, try to recruit folks uh, to free Gus. And Abbott, of course, for some reason, shows up to recruit people with the promise of a cure to the big, you know, the great sick. Bear and her handsome friend journey a bit and end up enlisting with the last men for very different reasons. And the kids find out that Roy didn't escape but was killed. Um, So. Right off the bat, you know, we get a flashback with this episode, Project Midnight Sun. Um, where, where was your head at at the
1: beginning of this episode, Danny? Uh, I, I mean, as soon as we we saw flashback, I was very excited because, yeah, I definitely want to know more about. I, I like I like seeing the world prior to you know prior to the big sick and everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And this was kind of a good way because I think. I want answers right after a season and almost, you know, we're almost at the halfway point of the season, which is weird.
0: I know.
1: Um, so I, I want some answers, uh, especially because after the conversation we've had, because you have read the book, like every time you you don't say anything, but I can, you know, as we're having this conversation, I can see that there's <laughs> the gears are turning in your head. Right. And, and you know, there's, there's yeah. little things happening. So um so, yeah, I, I was very excited when we started with a flashback and, and then as kind of things unfold throughout the episode.
0: Yeah, man, I, I find you now more. See, this is this is the thing that's interesting about this show is like Jeff Lemire clearly had something going on with what he was thinking about for this book. And if I remember correctly, the book is still wishy washy in the end as to like what the cause was, because the, the point of the book is not like what caused these hybrid kids, you know, what what caused the sick? All of those things in the comic are kind of this motive to show like one kid's journey into becoming who he becomes, um you know we'll see we'll say what that is for for later, I guess when this show ends, maybe we can do like a a full big spoiler review and discuss but um and Danny, i can get you to actually read the comic once the show's done, then we'll do like a big compare and contrast um you know when when candy Bar antler Boy or Sweet Tooth is ended in you know twenty twenty nine or something
1: like that I, um so speaking of that, as we were watching these episodes, I saw on Netflix that they have a little banner that says final season coming, you know, like it's been announced. So, oh, so that I think oh. I think we're only getting 3. Holy,
0: well, I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, this kind of goes back to our discussion that we had last week where I was like, you know what? If we're going to accelerate this pace, I am not against that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some stuff that I think works really well in the comic. Um, I, I will say Sweet Tooth kind of suffers from what I call vertigo syndrome, um where like there are these mul- like long-running books like Why the Last Man I think Sandman also fits this transmetropolitan um, books that came out in this weird era of like, hey, we're just going to keep these books ongoing because they're independent, they're selling well. Um, but they have these arcs that you're kind of like, if you cut that out of the book and then just plopped everything back together, it would be fine. And Sweet Tooth, the comic suffers from this. There's a, a whole bit about travel and people and all this stuff. And maybe we'll see that at the end of the season based on where things are going. Um, but I, I I feel like, they're accelerating the story in this in in a lot of ways, and uh, but but they're also giving us like more lore to play with because I think unlike a comic, you can't really be as wishy washy in television. I think people want their answers, and of course, you and I I think are on this of the same mind. Like I want to know how this works. I'm rarely one of those people that's like, give me the backstory for this whole thing. And it's like no, I kind of want to know because it's it's so intriguing and it feels like it's central. the The show has made it feel like. The birth of hybrids, the origin of the sick, whatever birdies doing up in Alaska are central things that we need to uncover as the series goes on. And if we don't get those answers, I think, you know, you and I at least are going to riot. Yeah. So, yeah, it was nice to get the flashback this episode.
1: And and I mean, and the information that came from the flashback, right, like the whole conference that we get to experience and see and what was the goal of whatever they were working on for this project, Midnight Sun, which, uh, yeah, like. It it's it feels very noble but the fact the way it was set up i'm like well this is just like big pharma trying to do their thing oh, yeah. right but um
0: if let, you're rich enough you can live forever that's yeah. essentially what it was yeah right? exactly like let's
1: go take this stuff from all these people that have been living their their lives one way and just steal all that but um the reveal i guess that gus was an egg baby i mean it really fits mm-hmm. into all the stuff that they because somebody mentioned in one of the episodes that he didn't have a belly button and yep, like so we we know that he but the fact that he was actually born in a little egg like all that stuff was and then when they pull out the baby gus like it looks really adorable right with the little with the little oh, horns yeah. and so
0: oh yeah the little nubbins on his yeah, head yeah. like come on i mean that's the thing this show keeps doing and uh i i feel like every time they put the kids on on tv or on on the show that's not gus i'm just like my heart like triples in size. I'm just like, Oh no, no, no. If anything happens to any of these kids, it's over. I'm done with this show, you know? Um, But, but I guess we should, rather than like, you know, I I would love to just vamp about these, these kids all day, but we should talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff that happens this episode. Right. Because, um, you know, we had the big reveal at the end of last uh, or at the end of, uh, yeah, at the end of last episode that, Oh, what happened to Roy? Right. Um, And now we're here and Gus is essentially like shun from these other kids. Um, but fortunately, you know, um, we, we see a little bit of like Dr. Singh um, kind of going crazy in this episode, and he gets to pull. It uh, gets to, Am I getting
1: the episodes mixed up? I think so. I think you may be getting a little ahead of yourself. Oh, I am. getting.
0: I am getting a little ahead of myself. Oh. Sorry. This is the problem with the show is that Gus keeps leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. I'm just like, which time was it this time? Anyway, so so Singh grabs him and they're like, we're going to go investigate. Uh, this lab. And I I thought that that was probably some of the coolest bits that we've seen so far of this season, like whatever happened to the real world, right? Like we've seen the ramifications and how people have coped with it, right? Like Abbott's people are that are a manifestation of that, whatever these other warlords that are out there are a manifestation of how people have survived, right? Like the animal army and stuff. Um, But here we get to see like an almost undisturbed piece of time kind of frozen, still destroyed because clearly the the last men went through this place but it was interesting to see gus and sing experience the world from their their separate perspectives right like gus this is all brand new to him um and sing is just like oh my god like there's so much here and it's all gone like this could have saved everyone if only they'd known right
1: right yeah no i i definitely i love the sequence of gus walking into and like realizing the the light how they work like the motion (laughs) sensors and all this stuff like him running around and and he he, even though he's being escorted by this one one of the last men in dr singh like he's never seen all that stuff right he's always never explored uh this is probably the most technologically advanced place that he's ever been to uh and then to dr singh's point like this all feels like hope to him because that's ultimately what what he's searching for um Mm -hmm. so I, i also do really like there's a shot before right before they walk in where you know some someone or something's looking at them through the window, so like they're already preparing yeah. the audience for a little reveal later um oh, man. which i I thought it was going to be a lot darker, and I guess it kind of is, but not in the way that I was expecting it to be dark <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so
0: yeah i and I mean about that reveal right, we end up finding this alligator kid named Peter, uh which I wrote in my notes, um maybe the most awkward costume I've ever seen, because like we all know what alligators look like, and they are not. Vertical incline, vertically inclined beam, right? They're flat, you know. Um, yeah. so to see this this kid walking around with his arms and legs, but he's got this alligator head that's just bent over at like a 90 degree angle, all I could think of was the giant crocodile clock from the movie Hook. Mm. I don't know if
1: that's ringing a bell to you, yeah, for anybody, yeah. but <laughs> well, um, I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't know what a uh, alligator looks like because I wrote in my notes crocodile hybrid. Uh, oh so, I mean, alligator crocodile i mean it's the same same so, shit right oh uh, but but yeah it was in, it was interesting because i wasn't sure like how i guess i didn't i didn't put together immediately that it was a child right oh, i just yeah, thought it totally. was something that was at the lab i thought it was a creature that they had at the lab until peter stands up on on, on two legs and and starts running around um and i i really like that gus was the one that he's already met other hybrids that he knows that they can't speak fluently like he can. And he didn't, they may not mm-hmm. even have uh, as much, uh, you know, cognitive skills as he does. As he does. So like the fact that he wanted to take the time to maybe talk to Peter and, and engage with them. Um, I thought mm-hmm. that was really, like, it feels like Gus is growing a little bit and learning from his experiences with the other kids.
0: Yeah. There's, I, this is the thing that the show keeps hammering home. I think is, you know, Gus is this connective thing between humanity and these hybrid kids. And I think like, you know, there's a moment where I, I kind of feel like there was maybe a logical leap made that I didn't track or I, maybe I missed something where Gus is like, no, 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 I can speak to him. And it's not like he's speaking a special language mm-hmm. or anything. He just is able to like communicate with this kid, um, which like broke my heart. Like, honestly, this is the problem with this whole show. Yeah. Every time they mistreat one of these kids, you're just like, no you sons of bitches it's just a child yeah (laughs) you know because especially you know we we hear people talking about these hybrids as monsters you know i think they talked a lot about that in the previous season and like the whole last men treating these kids like absolute dirt just because uh i mean it's it's heartbreaking and they're they're just sweet little children who just want to live you know It, it it's so frustrating as an audience member but like i that's written like that intentionally right yeah um so yeah that that moment is like Really frustrating and and tragic because eventually you know they Gus is chasing this kid around and then they, he kind of settles him down and then finally the last men show up and it's it's just all hell breaks loose for that moment but it leads us to this next moment where we end up getting Gus Gus and and Singh find this video of his of Gus's mom which like oh my god that kid this kid should be paid a million bucks an episode because the way he can sell just loving his mom with a face with just just looking at a tv screen oh my god i was like i was in shambles couldn't even believe it's so so good
1: yeah no that was uh, the, those were also very good uh scenes as as gus just kind of shows you that through the very little emotion just like you like you said just a look uh like he has a really mm-hmm. good way to emote when he's amazed and, and when when he's feeling. Um, I mean, really, really, any feeling that he's feeling, Gus. Gus's, Gus's range of feelings has really expanded since season one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But also, I think Doctor Singh, like the hope that he has, as he realizes that there's all this stuff. Like you know, he tells everybody, like, "You got to pack all this stuff up," and then you know, he makes the deal with Gus, and they take Peter back, and so like everything is kind of working out because he's also on a deadline.
0: Yeah, it's we're still in that three day window, right? Because yeah. Abbott left and he said, when I'm back, you better have a cure. Mm-hmm, and of mm-hmm. course, you know, at this point, Singh is is convinced that this is the this is the way that he can find that cure, Um, which like, man, putting all your eggs in one basket. Like, I it's a pun because there's yeah. chickens. If you watch the episode, I'm making a pun. Uh, <laughs> But still, it's a it's a pretty, pretty massive long shot. But at this point, right, he's desperate, Um, even with the whole, you know, potential like temporary high, like solution that he's come up with Mm -hmm. by extracting something from these hybrid kids um yeah it's still like he's he's desperate you know to not only save his wife but i think he's at this point also like trying to save the human race i think the desperation is setting in and on you know it's closing in all around him um yeah so i think uh and i and the last line that i wrote down that gus said he's like uh if you hurt peter i'm never helping you again which to me is like I love seeing Gus stand up like this, like, and I know he's, he's tried to make stands and he's tried to be the big, tough kid a couple of times. But I feel like the more he gets put into this, like leadership, this, this person of importance position, he starts to recognize it, the stronger he feels like he can actually like push back against the adults who seem to want to fix everything or seem to want to control him, but have no idea what they're doing, where he may be actually better to take care of himself than them, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, I think Gus has proven that at this point he's not only looking out for himself but also for the group because he knows he has to, right? I think that was his intention with telling the the lie about Roy and obviously mm-hmm. it it doesn't always work out, like it didn't work out for for his dad either, right? When he told him all, all all those like the lies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how Gus handles that going forward as well. I mean, there's going to be consequences to it and and we'll we'll definitely get into it later on.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, meanwhile, you know, we've got Jeff and Amy who are heading to this factory town is what it's called. I was like, what a what a goofy name for something. But sure. Um, And it's a it's a free city. So Abbott isn't allowed, I think, is the quote that I wrote down, which is funny uh, because minutes after they show up, Abbott shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the thing about this episode is it jumps around a lot. I think we found that, like in all these episodes, while the party is split, they're just going to keep jumping left and right, jumping left and Mm -hmm. right. Um, I found it a little jarring in this episode in particular because I just wanted the Gus and Sing stuff. And I quite honestly couldn't care about Bear or even Jepp and Amy in this episode. But um, yeah, still. I guess we can let's just the with the Jeff and Amy stuff like it's interesting to see how the people of this free town who are apparently living it up like freedom apparently suits human beings pretty well because they've got a bar and they've got a trading station and they've got all this really nice amenities um, for living a life in a, you know, basically dystopian future. Yeah. Um. And but as soon as as soon as Abbott shows up and he's touting, we need to kill all these hybrids. These kids are like, finally, let's do it. It's like, oh my gosh! Calm down with the bloodlust.
1: They they very quickly. I mean, and and Abbott put on a a show for sure for them, right? Oh sure, yeah. Um, with with I also feel like the people of the the town like they didn't ask for enough proof to me. Like, if you're gonna cure one of my people, I want to <laughs> oh, yeah. see them be healthy. Don't just inject them with something and then like you know like his his hands stop shaking, which. I, I it was funny as they, they they were walking in Amy and Jeb were walking into the town, like they checked the pinkies and stuff to make sure it's yeah. not trembling. Uh and that's kinda how they keep the <laughs> that's how, they, how they, they that's their uh uh how they keep the sick away. But but yeah, if mm. you're gonna heal somebody from our town, like I wanna see them through like before I trust you and before I follow you, why would I give up all this freedom if you don't if you I mean you could just be selling me snake oil, right? So
0: Oh yeah. I that I mean, I think that's literally what I wrote in my notes was like, it was a snake oil salesman pitch, right? You bring up someone from the crowd, you cure them temporarily, and then like walk them off stage. And as soon as he gets off stage, he's like, put him in the van. <laughs> like the guy right. gets shoved into a trunk, right? Um, and th- here's the thing, like, you know, the, the thing that I found interesting about The Last of Us when, we, when I watched that was like 20 years have passed. And so the world is a little bit different, right? In this show, it's been nine years, and it seems like every piece of civilization has fallen apart. People were who were 20 are now 30 in this show, and they seem to have forgotten how medicine works in all capacity or something, unless it's painkillers, in which the Jep is very, very aware of how those work, right? But um, yeah, it's it's kind of wild that they would they would just like let that guy disappear and go, Oh, he's cured, hooray. Let's yeah. all like give away all of the, our, our predispositions to like be mm-hmm. cautious. And just like go crazy right it's so it's such a wild idea,
1: yeah, and another thing I really liked about this sequence is that I realized the reason Abbott seems to be such a intimidating villain in the first season mm-hmm. was because we saw very little of him, but the more i the more that he's on screen and the more that we learn about him, like all his all that persona just kind of starts crumbling and you start seeing the cracks. Uh, totally and, you know like he's just a charlatan and i think his only semi i don't i wouldn't even say redeeming quality just the fact that he that we found out earlier that you know uh his brother is his second in command uh, mm-hmm. like i don't know may, maybe that could be at least one saving grace but overall like he's just he's just a phony and i can see why the other people that he wanted to meet with like they they're just denying him that because they they can see past all his lies whereas all these people, you know, he puts on a good show. Totally. I mean, it's all propaganda, right? Yeah. The
0: the thing that they that this group see the last men have is they have like the tyrannical propaganda side really really working for them, right? Like the big flag with with uh abbott's face yeah and you know they're we see bear in what's his name the pretty boys is his name jordan i feel like his name is jordan
1: we can call him um, that i'm not sure um just... i don't know
0: saved by the bell that's what i'm gonna call him so bear and saved by the bell when they're walking before they go to the recruitment center you know to get recruited by the last men after a series of bits and pieces of conversation that a train drives by as they're walking and they pick up all this like supplies yeah. that are like oh it's food and candy and all this other stuff and they have these flyers for like join the last men and they've got mm-hmm. this beautiful, like well crafted uh, piece of propaganda. Um, and, you know, that's that's their whole thing. And it's like we haven't seen that from any of the other like factions or warlords or whatever, like even the animal kids or uh, the animal army. They didn't they weren't really like a thing. They were kind of just like a ghost story in a lot of ways. Right. Um so, yeah, they they definitely like the last men have that going for them. They got the branding, like literal branding on people's chests. <laughs> They've got the, you know, like the flag and the iconic logo and stuff. So it's definitely a thing that's maybe that's that's like how they keep their pressure. I mean, like most like tyrannical leaders, like they're constantly, constantly, constantly on the verge of self-destruction. Yeah, um, if it weren't for the violence that they could inflict upon people. So I think the, the last thing I wanted to bring up around like Jeff and Amy is, you know, we see there's like a lot of paranoia between the two of them. I can't believe that I could trust you. I just met you a few like a day ago, which I keep forgetting that like they only met like 48 hours ago right, in right. the show, but it's been like two years for us. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like Jeff is, he's so focused on fighting and like, it seems like all he wants to do is like, we need to build an army. We need to get all these people. We need to overrun this stuff. You know, he's thinking along the same lines that the last men are thinking. Um, meanwhile Amy's like there's got to be a better way there's got to be a smarter way to do this um, and then of course like two seconds later we switch to there's this woman who's waiting for a phone call and she's kind of going like she's going a little bit wild at Amy who wants to use the phone and Jeff offers up this extremely sincere like hug in this moment of like tenderness that like again crazy 180 sometimes with these characters I don't know who's writing this show but like we need to like we need to ease into some of this stuff,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, they. I think their their story was just all over the place. You know, they get to the factory town and the people that Jeb was looking for, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they they literally go visit them at the their cemetery, and then they go yeah. to this bar where they're how nobody's charging for anything. I don't know how their economy works in this town. Um, uh, and then yeah, like this lady kind of flips out on Amy and. and Uh, And then we learn, right, we learn that she's been waiting for a call for like nine years, and that was... Nine years? Oh. This show just like, when you're not expecting an emotional punch, like it just throws like a little jab in there. Uh, But then, yeah, Jeb kind of... It doesn't... It feels a little out of character for Jeb, because I don't think we've ever seen that side of him. Uh, So, I mean, he's only really ever
0: been soft with Gus, right? right? And And I say soft is a weird word, but I feel like tender is maybe the more correct word yeah. right he's only really been tender with gus after he kind of got over his i'm a big bad badass dick last season you know um which were some of the like most heartfelt moments in the show as far as i'm concerned um and so like this season it felt like he was back to square one because he's with this new person amy he's got to put his elbows out he's got to be the big tough guy um and then there's this moment of tenderness kind of out of left field but i think they needed to add a way to find or they needed to find a way for amy to trust him because her whole like paranoia i'm not going to go outside stuff like i forgot that that was like her whole character last season right and she keeps bringing it up and i'm just like oh my gosh can we just slow down with the paranoia i barely want to go outside right now come on right um <laughs> um so yeah i i think that's that's kind of what it was but it did feel pretty like it was a pretty harsh like i oh we only got to kill these people versus like don't worry sometimes you just need a hug <laughs> yeah um but, but i guess like so Amy and and Jeff, their whole thing is they they are going to make this phone call. Um, and I think by the end of the episode, we hear like, oh, the phone's ringing, right? That's kind of like the end of that story. Um, and then the last bit is Bear and this guy saved by the bell. That's what I'm calling him. Um, and I, it's it's like a story that just needed to be there because we needed to put Bear in the episode, right? It kind of
1: felt weird, right? Yeah, so. That's actually, I mean, and, and you know, we, we kind of touch on the things that we liked and did not like as much in this episode. At the beginning of my story, I mean, at the beginning of my notes, I wrote, oh, we're going to get the epic tale of Bear. And we did not. That did not pay <laughs> off for the re- Like, they really set it up as if they were going to tell us about this whole journey she was about to go on. And, and that didn't happen. All that happened is that she just learned that, these people are also as brainwashed uh, mm-hmm. as as everyone else is going to be from, from General Abbott. So, yeah, unfortunately, that did not pay off. So, you know, hopefully the show can course correct with, with her character because mm-hmm. we kind of know her singular mission is to try to get to Gus as well, which is really yeah. everyone else's mission. So, like, the fact that they split him up feels very weird. Hopefully they'll reunite soon. soon. Um, but, yeah, I don't know we'll we'll see like I said the, the pace of this show is really picking up so maybe that'll happen sooner rather than later
0: right and it, and it kind of makes sense like we need to get Bear needed to go experience the real world so that she could find a reason to come back to Gus like in a way that wasn't just oh I'm gonna follow the trail of Jeff right because obviously as fun as it would have been to have Jeff and Bear and Amy together which I think is probably the fun trio story that's actually happening here like mom and dad and then their angry stepdaughter yeah like would be a lot of fun but i think she needed they wanted to probably give her a little bit more of like a a thing the problem is this episode they had all the chances in the world to like establish her more as a character and we get one scene where it's like her and saved by the bell they're like down by this river chilling doing what teens do i figured they were gonna like make out or something or he was gonna try to make out with her or something She was gonna be like absolutely not. I'm trying to just find my little brother friend. Um but instead they're just like ripped to the end of the world, like ripped to the human race. I guess that's it. It's like, "Oh my gosh, is this how Gen Z kids think all the time?" Like
1: <laughs> No, I think they're I think that's- they're a little more proactive.
0: Yeah, so um I don't know. They they end up joining the last men because Bertie sees it or excuse me, not birdie A uh, bear sees it as a as a way to get to Gus cuz she <laughs> knows that they're going to go to the zoo, which again, makes sense. It's kind of kind of smart. And then Saved by the Bell is like, I actually uh, kind of want to kill this per- this animal army that killed my dad. And it's like, oh, oh, snap. Um, yeah. That's going to be a fun reveal later in the game. Um, but I don't know. It-, it did feel just kind of like flat, like they could have almost given her like a third of an episode in the future, like straight off the bat and then right. had her get to her end point. Um, I don't know. It just it felt kind of weird. And I know, again, they're trying to get everybody in every episode, but like. Yeah. Some stories are stronger than others. And this one was clearly the weak
1: one. If if you're going to make these episodes like an hour long, you have to make everything in the episode important. Otherwise, it feels like network TV. And that's kind of what we're trying to get away from. That's why I like these shows because they're not that. So, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I guess like outside of the main story, I guess Danny, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Or I guess maybe we can get into our final points of like what was good and what was not so good.
1: Yeah. We can, let's do that. Let's do that.
0: All right. Well, I guess for me, the big thing that I really took away from this episode was I liked that Singh got a new lease on life. Like mm-hmm. he discovered his purpose. It felt like he or he had a renewed sense of purpose, right? He was clearly trying to find a cure. He's been trying to find a cure forever, and he's had to resort to desperate measure, measures. Seeing Birdie's information, finding these chickens um, has given him this renewed spark. And I kind of love it for the character. Like the actor, this actor has been nailing it since episode one but I love to see the range of this guy where he's been this depressed mess who's desperate for the last half a season, right? In the beginning of this and the end of last season. And now to see him with this like pep in his step is, is very exciting. I can't wait to see where it goes in episode four.
1: No, I, I agree. I agree. He, he's just, he's just very good at, at what he's doing. I think him and Gus are like the MVPs of the show. Uh, So the yeah, more, the yeah. more time they spend on screen, especially together, like the more I'll be into the show. Uh, because I know they're the ones that are gonna really propel the story the forward the most. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was on? What was on your list? Anything else you wanted that was so good? Yeah, the good stuff. I mean, Peter. I love Peter. I love the introduction of Peter. Yeah. Uh, oh, and man. I hope this show doesn't break my heart with Peter. But but yeah, I mean that it's a really fun character. I think a really interesting. Also, really interesting just to have all kinds of hybrids. Like we've seen all kinds of hybrids, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, just like getting some answers for the, the world and then how everything kind of how we got here. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it really puts me a little at ease because my fear with all this stuff is usually that they're they're not going to know. I mean, I know the comics already out there and it's already done. And maybe mm-hmm. Lemire and, and the showrunners, like they've had a, a chance to maybe correct some of the things that Lemire didn't fully get to the first time around or whatever. Or mm-hmm. maybe he saw something mm-hmm. that could have done better. Uh, or different, uh so yeah, I um, that that gives me a lot of hope. Like they do have a plan in mind; they know everything. They, they it feels like they know where they're going, even if yeah. sometimes they take these little detours that maybe you shouldn't. So
0: yeah, I I totally agree. I, one thing, and one more thing about Peter the Crocodile Kid. Um, this reminded me: this is the first carnivore that we've seen, like strictly carnivore, um, hybrid kid that I think we've seen. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I think so. I think going through
1: it. the going through the were roster of the kids yeah um and yeah i think so which is interesting
0: yeah it it kind of led me to wonder about a thing from the comics but i think i'm gonna wait till episode four to see where that goes to see if if that answer if that question even needs to be asked
1: it it reminded me now that you said that it reminds me a little bit of uh b stars the manga that where they have like (laughs) the carnivores (laughs) and the herbivores have to kind of stay in different dorms and stuff Uh, um yeah that's a that's a different podcast yeah, altogether a completely different um, show. so
0: i guess really quick before we wrap up i guess was there anything that was not so good that you wanted to call out i think we both agreed the whiplash of this episode was in all over the place with the threads was kind of a lot but was there anything else
1: no it was really the, the lack of bear and i feel like like i said some of the the factory uh town stuff just it didn't fully make sense but it also feels like maybe they didn't do much to it uh like the place mm-hmm. looks cool but it just like it doesn't feel like there's no rules to it which i know it's a post-apocalyptic society but we need a little bit of structure if you're gonna have some good storytelling and <laughs> world building um, yeah
0: yeah yeah i think the the weird the weird part where like you know of jeff saying hold on i know these guys and then they're immediately dead is kind of like a weird like bad writing thing but you know maybe maybe there was a reason for it
1: But but then yeah but then amy like she has somebody to call to as well like why didn't you bring that up earlier? Um, I yeah. They need to communicate better. I think that's the <laughs> that's the main point here.
0: Right. It's not bad writing, it's bad communication on part of the characters. That's I think right. cool. Um <laughs> well cool. Uh well, Danny, this is this is a blast. Episode three of season two has been great. I mean, I overall like this episode. I think the Gus and the Sing stuff top tier. This yeah. is what we came for here for in the first place. So um really great. But I guess to wrap things up. You can always check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Goodreads. we got a YouTube. All the links are in our show notes. Please subscribe, like, fave, join our reading club. It's amazing. Um, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast to get early access to episodes like this, Candy Bar and boy, as well as the main feed, plus a plenty of other stuff, a better Batmobile, IRCB Movie Club, and so much more. IRCB Candy Bar logo was done by the Sam DS. LinkedIn's in the show notes for their work. Music for this episode is Beautiful C.S. by Robert Farmer. I want to say thank you to Danny for this episode. Thank you to the folks over at Netflix and Jeff Lemire, our personal friend, uh, for making this show possible. And Until next time, comics are good and so are you.